Section 30 of Frontier Humor in Verse, Prose, and Picture. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Frontier Humor in Verse, Prose, and Picture by Palmer Cox. The Thief Richard Rowe was a thief whose temptation to steal always grew more resistless when wanting a meal. Once he entered a store when no person was by, took a box of sardines and attempted to fly. But although he could slope when occasion required, like a stag to a stream when the forest is fired, the scoundrel was spotted and nabbed at the door by officers Murphy, McManus, and Moore. And away to the jail midst a crowd you should see went the thief, the sardines, and the officers three. The next day came his hearing, and people were there from all stations in life on the prisoner to stare. There were gamblers, street pavers, stevedores, undertakers, ship chandlers, brick masons, and umbrella makers corn doctors, reporters, clerks, tailors, and teachers, fruit peddlers, horse trainers, clairvoyants, and preachers. A few women also jammed in with the rest, with their bonnets awry and their clothing sore-pressed, and their uplifted faces perspiring in red, full ear-deep in the back of some person ahead. Unlike peas in a kettle or bees in a hive, ever-shifting position, so they were alive, all impatiently wedging around in the stew, in the hope they could better their chance for a view, this one grumbling because someone crowded so near that he shot his hot breath in the depths of his ear, that one cursing because someone's elbow so rude on his ribs was inclined to encroach and intrude and another one howling and looking forlorn just because someone trod on his favorite corn. Over all the hoarse voice of the bay-lifted wheeze, Order! Order in the court, gentlemen, if you please! Six feet two, if an inch, and proportioned in size, stood the thief in the dock when the clerk bid him rise, and amongst all that crowd not a man could be found with his shoulders so square, and a physique so sound. First around on the lawyers and officers there, he defiantly gazed with a bold, brazen air, and then, turning around, stared the judge in the face, as though he was the thief and the rogue in the case. The stern judge ran his eyes the unmoved villain o'er, from the crown of his head to his feet on the floor while the rogue seemed to study with critical care the time-honored court with his thin crop of hair. For five minutes or more it's my candid belief that the thief eyed the judge and the judge eyed the thief, as two rivals long parted in some foreign land, by mischance blown together each other they scanned, while there rose from the concourse no perceptible sound, not a whisper or yawn, even circled around. But a charnel house calm o'er the room seemed to fall till the flies could be heard on the plastering crawl. 
Till beneath the rogue's stare the court's visage grew red, but down choking his rising resentment he said, Richard Rowe, he spoke quite emphatic and slow, as though weighing each word before letting it go, and inclined his head downward as men often do when they look over spectacles rather than through. Richard Rowe, you have come to the surface once more, like the ghost to the feast of the monarch of yore. I have lectured, imprisoned, and fined you in vain. You will still depredate and confront me again. From the door of the jail to the till of a store, there is simply one pace unto you and no more. As the dog to his vomit, the sow to her mire, you will glide the born slave of your fiendish desire. By my oath it's a sin, a disgrace, and a shame, with your shoulders so broad and so robust your frame, with your arms like a Hercules, muscled and strong, with your wind like a staghound so perfect and long, to earn a support you're possessed of all means, and yet you've been stealing a box of sardines. I have worked my way onward year out and year in, among characters blackened and blistered with sin. Amongst men I'd have quaked to have met in the lane, as I would the archdemon relieved of his chain. But I am frank to confess, and I'd state it as free, on a Bible as large as a bed, if need be. In my thirty years' practice on bench or at bar, a thief more consummate and bold than you are. I have never encountered in county or town, among whites copper-colored or greasers done brown. You're as prone to purloin as an eagle to fly, or a salmon to swim, or a lover to sigh. Not an esculent known or utensil of use, from a cantaloupe down to the quill of a goose, from a tripe in the stall to a fowl in the coop, but at some time or other in your life you did scoop. And as if in assent, Richard Rowe bowed his head, while the judge wiped his face and continuing said, Here so often of late you have taken the stand to give answer to larcenies petty or grand, that your face has become as familiar to all the practitioners here as the clock on the wall. Here he pointed it out, and a glance at it through, and bold Richard turned round and regarded it too. While full back to his ears a grim smile slowly broke, for despite his position he relished the joke. I regret that our law draws the limiting line, for it seems but a farce to impose a small fine, or to send you below for a week or ten days, to decline on a mat and hatch future forays. But since neither the gloom of the prison nor fine seems to work a reform in that bosom of thine, I will try a new method, throw justice one side, and appeal to your manhood, your honor, and pride. It is said kindness conquers her knuckles will fail, and a pardon may faster reform than the jail. Since the stock-raiser advocates crossing the breed, and the farmer finds profit by changing the seed, who can tell but a change may regenerate you? So we offer you mercy where none is your due. Mr. Sheriff, release that purloiner as free 
as the wind that awakes the dull ocean is he. But, sir, hark, Richard Rowe, ere you mix with the throng, take this friendly advice from one knowing you long. And in future, whenever your stomach does feel like digesting a fish, take a rod and a reel, a few hooks, a fine line, and of gentles a few, and go catch your own fry, as all good people do. For you'll find it more wholesome to follow a creek and there angle for trout seven days of the week than to strive to obtain by unwarranted means e'en a box of diminutive oily sardines. Subdued was bold Richard, he gazed in surprise, and trembled while tears welled fast from his eyes, as he vowed that henceforth the right course he had pursue, and Roe is now honest, trustworthy, and true. End of section 30 Read by Carrie Adams, your book boys, at Mesa, Arizona, on the 8th of December, 2021.